The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. Last night a question came up about um, intention. After the class and um, the, the comment was so often um, while doing activities there's not a clear sense of the intention. It's like I know, you know, the bigger reason why I'm doing, like, why I'm driving here, but, you know, what's my intention for doing this? That's not so clear. And I'd say this is a lot of how our experience works, you know, that, that we, um, you know, we have some larger goals in our life, like, you know, having decided to attend this course this week or something like that. And then many of the activities around it just become almost habitual or there's just a kind of a there's not a real connection with the the purpose or the meaning behind the activities around that it's just it just becomes well this is what I do in order to do that and I think this is um, this is one of the reasons why um, there can be a feeling of emptiness in our lives because we aren't reflecting on how our simple actions actually connect with uh, our larger intentions. So, um, you know, it's useful to recognize, I mean, most of us don't even think about, most of us, you know, in, in our everyday lives, most of us don't even necessarily think about what my intention might be or can I have an intention or connect with an intention for my everyday actions. There is an intention there. I mean, the, as I said the other day, that every action of body, speech, or mind carries with it this impulse, and that impulse is connected with some motivation or reason in the moment. It's connected with the motivation or reason. Some of those, often those reasons are not so clear, uh, and it's useful to recognize I'm not so clear about those reasons. Um, often I'd say those reasons are connected to habit, uh, just like force of habit. Um, if, if we're not so clear about them. And, and yet those habits could be set into place through uh, a wholesome motivation. Like, you know, coming here. You know, it's a, if you have a habit of coming here on a certain day of the week, it's just like that's what you do. Um, and that's a wholesome, a wholesome thing, a wholesome intention that's been set up. But we forget to connect to that wholesomeness in our uh, in our doing of it, um, in in the actions that we that we do in order to do that. So, like the driving here or the uh, the activities that you do in order to get ready to come. So, um, part of what I'd like to suggest is if you recognize that there's not a clear intention. I mean, you can just kind of drop in that question. What, why am I doing this? What is the purpose here? What, what is the motivation? And if it's not so clear, I would not go trying to look for it. It's not like we're trying to figure out what our intention is. But um, I just be, it, it kind of like recognize, okay, not so sure what the intention is. And um, 
And, and in that moment, because you're now reflecting on intention, I think it is possible to bring in or connect to um, a more wholesome intention, such as kindness or, um, um, or generosity or patience um, to, to actually um, um, connect with that in the activity. Because if, the, if you're aware and there's not a clear sense of the intention, then um, there's room to, Im- to infuse it with an intention that's more wholesome. So I just wanted to, to point to that and also to point to the way in which you know, much of our lives, we're going, we're going through our lives without a clear intention. And, and I do think that's a, a major reason why we're feeling kind of adrift because we're, you know, it's like, well, you know, why do I get up and take care of my kids and, <laughs> you know, get them off to school? Well, of course I do that. Of course I would do that. But, but there's not necessarily a connection with the, you know, the, the, the kind of the connection with wanting them to be the best person, people they can be or something. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be a heavy thing. Um, but I do think that sometimes when we lose touch with our intentions it it disconnects us from the purpose the meaning the meaningfulness of our lives so i just wanted to offer that those are some reflections that came after our conversation last night um and then uh let's let's a question So the question about in doing uh, a chore, the, the longer activity and being mindful of oh, the preparations for food and, um, and then noticing that a lot of it is physical and, and that that, I hear that that's an easier place to stay in touch with the mindfulness as you're, as you're connecting to the physical activity. Uh, and then a thought will come up, oh, I'm, I need this ingredient and we'll need to go to the store later and oh, I need to, how do I fit that in with going to IMC? And so how, how to include that in the mindfulness? Um, and it is possible to include that in the mindfulness and in fact, this is a big thing uh, sometimes I do um, on these daily life practice retreats. I encourage people to use mindfulness of thinking as um, as a theme, you know, this, this week we're using intention, which is a form of thought, but um, um, we often have the idea that, partly I think because when we practice mindfulness on the cushion, a big part of that is letting go of thinking, because in that time we, we don't particularly need to be thinking, and so we don't have to, we can begin to see what thinking is extraneous and what's not extraneous. Um, and so we, we tend to let go of thinking in our sitting practice. But in daily life, um, we need to think. As, as you note, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, I have to think about what, you know, what I need to buy at the grocery store and where I need to go and do I need to buy gas today. I mean, all of these things we need to, we need to think about. It, this is a function of our, of our humanness, that we have this great feature that we can plan and think and anticipate. Um, and if we have the idea that being mindful means that we're not thinking, then huge areas of our daily life practice would be out of bounds for mindfulness. Um, and so that's, that's a, it's kind of something we need to, to counter this idea that it's not possible to be mindful while thinking. It's more challenging to be mindful while thinking. Um, but what I'd encourage in this case, and we can talk more about it 
uh, if there's more that comes up around the the um, questions around thinking. But what I'd encourage in this case is so as thoughts come up in your in your um, activity, and for all of you, I'm pro- I'm sure probably thoughts will come up in your longer chore. I mean, it's like it can be as simple as I remember one day I was practicing mindfulness at one chunk of time doing making my bed and I was just again in the activity and at some point I began noticing just this little subtle planning that was happening of like pink pillow next it's like you know and I wasn't I wasn't doing it it was just popping into the mind it's like some part of my system was planning how to do this and in a very like micro plan way it's like wow you know that that was kind of amazing to see that and I we don't want to stop that you know it's just that this is how how things unfold and so we can begin to see as we're um, engaged in mindfulness that we we can start to see these thoughts and you know the thought about oh I need this ingredient probably you didn't do that it just appeared and you were mindful and noticed it um, so you know that's 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 the kind of thinking that we can really um, you know learn to be aware of and that's often a doorway out which mindfulness will go because you know, I think about that and then I think about when can I fit it in and then I think about other things I might need and we lose touch with mindfulness so um, you know, just exploring the possibility of, of recognizing the thought, maybe making note of that thought, maybe writing down a note even, which I do when I think of, think of ingredients. Um, um, but then be, take care of the tendency to proliferate off of that thought because so often as thoughts do arise, they turn into unnecessary thoughts. And so that's a piece I'd encourage an exploration around is, is thoughts that are necessary um, and thoughts that are unnecessary. Um, it's kind of like the, the question around um, in wise speech, um, useless speech, you know, speech that serves no purpose. Um, so sometimes, you know, we get, we, get, we get pulled off into just kind of a wandering around thinking about something and it's not so necessary so just beginning to be curious about that aspect of thought is this a is this a helpful thought is it an unhelpful thought is it a useful thought is it not a useful thought um if it's not a useful thought and it's just popping in uh, you know because non-useful thoughts will pop in um, you know just check in about what what kind of emotional tones associated with that again we're not trying to repress here it's more about opening to what's happening. Um, and so if some kind of a, you know, a thought pops in about uh, something that you know, happened three days ago, a, a, a memory of something where there was a, um, an argument, and it's like, well, this is not really relevant to what's going on right now. But boy, there's an emotional charge there. So open to that. So another piece around mindfulness in daily life is about not necessarily having the agenda that being mindful of a task means attending to anything in particular. So we might have the notion that being mindful while preparing breakfast means being mindful of the movements of the body. And, um, and that is one very easy place to ground the attention. And yet sometimes things come up, a memory of a few days ago and an emotion. And... Being mindful in that moment may mean 
allowing the breakfast making to continue just on its own while noticing the feelings. You know, so, so that it doesn't have to be that you like push aside something that's come up in your mind in order to, oh, no, what being mindful right now means paying attention to the body, go away, anger, you know. It, it's more about opening to what is actually here, what's already, what's most obvious. And so that the idea of an agenda around what am I paying attention to while I'm being mindful can begin to um, not not have not be running the show, um, and I think I think a lot of the the deepening in our daily life does come from letting go of the agenda of that subtle directing of the attention. So a story or an example about this. Um, at one point, I was um, practicing mindfulness while eating breakfast. Uh, and my idea, kind of a subtle idea, was being mindful while eating breakfast means being mindful of the process of eating. And so I was noticing the eating and, you know, the scooping and the chewing and all of that. And, um, and my mind would wander. And I'd find myself spaced out. And then I'd wake up and be eating and, and I would recognize that and go, oh, come back. And I had the idea that meant come back to being mindful of the process of eating. And the mind wandered. The mind would space out again. This happened multiple times, this spacing out. And at some point, and this, is, um, this again is uh, pointing to something I talked about the other day or even just this morning about noticing where the mindfulness gets lost. And so in this case, I was noticing spacing out. You know, this is what the mind is doing. It's spacing out. You know? And instead of trying to force my mind to stay mindful, to stay present for the eating, I began to get curious about, well, what is the spacing out anyway? Um, and this, this takes some recognition, again, that we might think that certain states of mind, like spacing out, are inherently, it's inherently not possible to be mindful in that state. But I was interested in just seeing, well, what happens as, as the mind spaces out? And so I knew that it would happen again. So instead of trying to double down and force myself to stay with the eating, it's like, well, let's see what happens as the mind spaces out. And I could feel, it's like I was with the breakfast, eating, chewing, swallowing. And then I kind of feel the, 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 the mind kind of like just soften and kind of a feeling of releasing the experience of eating. So there was that feeling. And it's like, oh, okay, I can be mindful of that. And then I felt the mind kind of go into that space-out state. Felt like it hovered up here somewhere. And uh, I was present for that. I don't remember if I kept eating or not at that point, but I just noticed that spacing out. And at some point, just being with that spacing out, I recognized in that moment the intention behind spacing out, which was the mind needs rest. The mind is tired. It, uh, it's been working too hard, <laughs> trying to stay mindful. <laughs> and so it took its rest. And after know, maybe 30 seconds, a minute, the, the spaced out kind of just, it was like a fog clearing. So the, the, the spaced out state was kind of like being in a fog, 
But I was clear. I, was, I knew the fog. I mean, it wasn't that I was not mindful. I wasn't so mindful of my body. I wasn't so mindful of contact, of sensation. I was mindful of a state of fogginess. And then being mindful of that and recognizing the intention of rest, there was kind of like an appreciation. It's like, oh, oh, that's nice. That feels good. It's like, thank you for letting me rest. My mind was saying, thank you. I needed this. And after about 30 seconds a minute, the fog cleared. And then mindfulness was very naturally in the body again. So... I tell that story because, again, you know, we often have this idea of being mindful means something specific, especially around activities. And so, you know, as thoughts come in of, you know, things that you might need to do, it's like you don't have to have the idea of that thought is a problem, but it's like, oh, the thought's there. Is that a useful thought? Even if it's not a useful thought, like spacing out was ostensibly not useful, but having it seen it happen multiple times my my mind just kind of got curious about that and then began to see there was a, there was a purpose there there was an intention there and it was about you know the system trying to take care of itself in a way so that was a little bit of a long response <laughs> but um any any other uh maybe going to re- record this and so if you're calling the moment of waking up, agitation, that's got a spin to it. So maybe just, I mean, words are incredibly powerful for us. It's, so another example from my own practice, um, at one point, a, a cup, for a couple of years running, there was a lot of sleepiness in my practice it's like I was working over and over again with dull mind sleepy mind and um, using the language in my own mind of dullness and um, um, sleepiness for that but mostly dullness because it wasn't that I was sleepy it just felt like the mind was like disconnected or in a fog or you know so so uh, but I was using dull dullness as my the, the language in which I recognized it. And so, I mean, it wasn't that I picked the word. It was like that was the word that came to my mind. Um, and at some point within that process, and this, it was a couple years that I worked with this, and at some point, maybe a, several months into this process or even maybe a year into this process, I recognized while being present in that dullness that really what was going on was low energy, and as it's like the mind, the mind at, at one point it was going, the mind, the mind is so dull, I can't be mindful. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm seeing. I know I'm seeing. I'm hearing. I know I'm hearing. This mindfulness here. And in that moment, there was a recognition. This isn't what I'd actually, dullness is not the right word for this. Low energy is a more accurate description of this. And as that happened, it was like I, I recognized that having been applying the language of dullness to the mind for all of that time, had, it was a subtle aversion that was associated with that state that, that kind of infiltrated my seeing of it. And it, was, it wasn't seen. I didn't know that there was that, that aversion that was kind of infiltrating 
the very seeing of the experience. And then when I noticed that it was really just a low energy state, it became much more neutral. And so how we language things is actually really important. And so if you're noticing that agitation is the language that's coming up there, you might just explore if there's some other language that feels like it fits better. Like, just back again. You know, you, you said maybe, maybe that's, that's what's actually happening there, is that the mindfulness has returned. So I, I, just, I would encourage that, because that, even using the word agitation there, or describing it as agitation, maybe it's either, it could either be influencing how you're experiencing it, as if it's something, you know, as you, as you described, I, you know, I want to get to calm. It's like, maybe you can begin to discover that actually there's a kind of calm in the re-arising of the mindfulness. Already a kind of calm there. So, you know, just exploring that. So the languaging can either influence how things unfold or the language might be influenced by a subtle attitude that we have in the first place, as it, as it was for me with the, with the dullness. It's like I had this overriding attitude that this dullness, this, like, this, two, this, this months and months of dull mind is like, it's got to go. <laughs> you know, and that was just like this background that wasn't clearly seen, that was, that was informing how I noticed that state. So th- those are just some more reflections on on that. If it doesn't if you if you're if you're recalibrating now the use of agitation, you might explore different language for it. I guess I was trying to study with a, a process agitation seemed like a process term to uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. Uh, like back again or awake now. Uh-huh. Uh, sort of is conclusionary conclusionary language. So how about aware again, which maybe aware has more uh-huh. more of an ongoing yeah, okay. Aware cool. again. Well, we'll work with that. Thank you. <laughs> this. <clears throat> 